Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. This is episode 304 of the podcast. It's April 9th, 2018. Back on the podcast today for the fifth time is my friend David Meyer, a lean and Toyota production system consultant who is a former Toyota leader at their plant in Georgetown, Kentucky. He's now gotten into what's perhaps the most Kentucky of all industries, um, distilling bourbon uh, and more. So I, in the future, I will have two podcast episodes where David and I talk about bourbon, uh, whiskey. Uh, I guess there are other types of whiskey other than bourbon and continuous improvement for almost uh, 90 minutes. And, and those episodes are coming soon. Today is a shorter episode where David and I catch up. We hear uh, about what he's been doing since his last podcast appearance in 2010. There's uh, a lot of knowledge and, and wisdom uh, in this episode from David. Thoughts on problem solving, uh, how lean thinking isn't easy for anybody, even if you're Japanese, because of different cognitive biases that we uh, are all fighting um, when we're uh, when we're in the workplace. Um, a lot of great stuff here, reflections on his time when he started at Toyota uh, over 30 years ago in 1987. Um, so if you want to find links to um, David's books, he's the co-author of the Toyota Way Field Book and Toyota Talent. Uh, if you want to find links to his past appearances in episodes 17, 31, 35, and 85, um, you can go to leanblog.org slash 304. Thanks for listening. David, hi. Thanks for uh, coming back, joining us on the podcast after a while. It's great to talk to you again. Thanks for being here. Hi, Mark. Thank you. Good to be here. So we're going to be um, you know, kind of catching up a little bit, You know, maybe for listeners who have been listening to the podcast for, uh, for a long time. Um, kind of let you reintroduce yourself uh, to folks. And we're going to have some new topics to talk about today, namely uh, the exciting world of, uh, of distilling. So it's been, uh, gosh, it's been almost eight years um, since we've wow. uh, done a podcast. I'm sure you've been up to uh, a lot of exciting things since then. So maybe, you know, since uh, might be the first time some people are hearing you, if you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself uh, for the audience first, and maybe also talk about some of the things that you've been doing in the last decade or so. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Mark. Uh, well, just to kind of recap, I did work at Toyota in Georgetown, Kentucky. I um, actually was part of the group who started that plant up in 1987 and uh, worked there for 10 years and uh, have been doing some you know, lean consulting since 1997. So, um, you know, good 20 years plus, almost 21 now. And uh, it seems hard to believe, but back in 2005, 12 years ago, uh, with Jeffrey Laker, wrote the Toyota Way Field Book. Um, and then a year later, wrote Toyota Talent. So um, it's kind of nice. Still, as I travel around in some companies, that I see those uh, books there, and people are using those and uh, finding those helpful in their own lean journey. Um, I'm going to tell you about the uh, the books, though, and I have really enjoyed I, I think those are two of the best books in that whole series. I, I recorded a podcast earlier today 
with a uh, school district superintendent who mentioned the Toyota Wayfield book is one of the very first books that he read as his intro to lean. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, you know, as, as an author yourself and you're out there and you're really trying to help folks. And it's, it's always kind of nice to hear that the work that you put forth has been beneficial to people. Um, and that, you know, it's helped in some way. I think that was really the, the point. Um, you know, from 97 until 2004, when I first started working with Jeff, um, you know, I had worked with organizations and just seen kind of the same sorts of difficulties over and over and the same challenges and the same kind of misunderstandings maybe. And um, so really that was kind of my intent there was to try to address some of those things as much as possible and really, you know, try to help people understand because, you know, that. The, the things that Toyota does and the way you learn at Toyota, you know, it's not in a classroom. It's, it's experiential learning, you know, so you learn by doing. And so um, all of the guys that I know who, who came out of Toyota, we have, we have kind of a similar way of thinking about things, but we all had different learnings, um, but it was at the same time sort of consistent. So, um, so yeah, that, that was, that was 2012 um, when, when that, or sorry, 2005, when the field book came out, and then uh, 2006 on Toyota Town, I think it was. Um, but you know, since then, I guess um, the the thing that I've really been doing a lot with organizations is really trying to get into the problem solving aspect. Just. Uh, you know, shortly after the field book, got a call from a pretty well-known organization that said, you know, we're, we're really struggling with problem solving and wonder if you can come in and help us. And so that sort of set me on this path of uh, really trying to understand why the same sorts of challenges were occurring in pretty much every organization I saw. And, you know, again, trying to understand what were the things we did at Toyota that were different and, and how did those <clears throat> things, um, you know, improve our process. Certainly we weren't perfect at it, but um, it was a different way of being at Toyota. So trying to understand that and, and really trying to help organizations uh, down that path is pretty much what I've been doing for the, for the eight years or so since you and I have talked probably. And is, is that problem solving challenge um, still one of the main challenges that you're running across even today? It really is. Um, and, you know, initially, some of the things that I saw, some of the behaviors that I saw, I thought were particularly, you know, American in nature, you know, this rush to solutions, jumping to solutions and conclusions, uh, you know, bias for action, you know, we're a fast food society, we want everything quick. Um, then because of the field book, I got an opportunity to work a lot globally and I started to recognize the same sorts of things, behaviors and patterns, regardless of the com country, regardless of the company, regardless of the culture, you know, I saw the same things and, um, you know, I told people, I said, well, the good news is this, right? If, if 
If you get a common outcome, if the outcomes that organizations are experiencing are similar, right, there has to be common cause. And if we can identify the common causes, then we can put in corrective actions. And so I went back and sort of reverse engineered the Toyota process and thought, what, what were the sort of corrective actions, if you will, that were built into the process to try to avoid some of these fairly common mistakes that I saw repeated over and over and over again. You know, this, for example, you know, a real common one, just, just even a real simple example is defining the answer in the problem. <laughs> right. You know, we lack a computer system that will do mm -hmm. X. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not your problem. Your problem isn't that you lack a computer system. Your problem is what is the outcome that you're getting? What is the performance of your organization? And how is that performance not uh, meeting the expectation? That's the problem. Whether the computer system is the solution or not, I don't know. But, you know, that all those tendencies um, and, and, you know, granted, I'm working with a company here right now this week and, and have to tell the teams, guys, it's it's a struggle sometimes to plow through the information and to dig into it and to understand the detail. You know, Toyota would teach us, you got to understand every detail. Well, they literally mean every detail. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's tough. We want to get busy. We want to do something. We feel like we're not accomplishing something if we're studying it. Um, so, you know, I joked in the field book, I said that our joke at Toyota was, you know, Americans go ready, fire, aim, and the <laughs> Japanese go, you know, ready, aim, 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 you know, fire. Yeah. Uh, and it's true. They spend a lot more time on the front end of it, but at the end, everything goes quickly and, uh, you know, succeeds typically, uh, whereas... Uh, heard American guys say, oh, yeah, we spend, you know, one month planning and 11 months executing and fixing what we didn't yeah. plan for, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So those, fire, those fire first things, and assume yeah. you hit the target, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, and again, I thought, well, those are just, those are just American behaviors. And then I started to see them everywhere. And then I got to work with other Japanese companies who also exhibited those behaviors. And then the things Toyota guys had been telling me started to make sense. They say, look, this isn't Japanese. This is the Toyota way. Mm -hmm. You know, what we do is the Toyota way. And, and it you know, kind of started to make sense then. Yeah, that's something I, I didn't really have a good appreciation for that until I went to Japan for the first time in 2012 and, and heard people there talk about, you know, the, the, the notion that, but, you know, uh, the, the, the Toyota culture is not the default Japanese business culture. Not all companies there are Toyota. Right. You know, I hear people in the U.S. sometimes say things like, oh, well, this would be easy if we were, Jap were Japanese. Right. I'm like, right. well, no, it doesn't seem like it's easy. The, <laughs> the Japanese companies and hospitals I've gone to that are trying to turn themselves around, uh, it's not easy for them either. No, it's not. It's it's. It's human. It's nature. It's our nature. You know, I've come to the conclusion, done done some studying on you know things like heuristics and cognitive bias and those kind of things, and just see you know we're we're wired in a certain way in our brain to think certain ways and certain patterns, and 
Um, you, you have to actively work against those things. You have to actually have something in place to try to minimize those or, or redirect those. So um, it, it's being human. It, it is. I'm just going to say it's just. Yeah. And I, t- tell, I tell folks, I tell the folks I'm working with, I say, look, I can't in my mind stop. If I come into your operation, I cannot walk around and think, oh, they ought to try this. Maybe they should do this. They should. I'm jumping to solutions, right? Mm-hmm. So the only difference is I don't let it come out my mouth anymore. <laughs> you catch yourself. I've learned, I've learned that that is not going to be beneficial to the conversation that they need to have to be able to go in there and say, oh, look, you need to do this over here and you need to do this over here. Of course I can see those things. Anybody with some lean knowledge can go in an operation and see that it can be made better. That's not hard. The difficult thing is leading people through a process and having them discover for themselves what better means. Yeah. I mean, we, we get a, we get the lean toolbox, the answer kit, and we want to go in there. And, and this is a big turning point for me in my career when I stopped telling people what was wrong with them and what they needed to do to fix it and started saying, okay, what are you trying to accomplish and why do you need to do that and when do you need to do that and what difference is it going to make and so on. Yeah. Let me understand your problem and then I'll show you a process to work through the problem and I'm not going to tell you an answer. And that's exactly how the Japanese guys treated us, but I didn't understand it at that time. Yeah. Well, there's a difference, though, when you you worked for them, you had to go along with that. Um, Do you find as a consultant, I I run across occasionally where, you know, you mentioned earlier this desire for for quick answers. Um, It's a, a different dynamic sometimes when a client gets impatient and says, oh, it's just tell us what we need to do. I mean, uh, what, what's what's your response? I mean, do, do you sort of try to say, well, no, that's maybe not in your best interest or do you? <laughs> what, well, yeah, what, what, I think what happens. Yeah. You know, what one of the things I learned at Toyota is really the first question is, what's the situation? Are, are you in crisis, literally in crisis? Or is this what we would have referred to as a long term Situation. In other words, we don't have to fix it this week because strategically, if you're in crisis, I might call on a Kaizen event strategy to say, look, let's take one week. Let's go in it. Let's hit it hard. Let's get it done. You need it. You need it now. I'm going to be more directive. I'm going to be more prescriptive. The Japanese guy, the Toyota guys did that too, but only in a crisis, right? And, and, and then they would revert back to the typical model, which says develop people. Because the trouble in the crisis mode is not about people development. So short term, if it's absolutely necessary, then you take that approach. But you always have to come back to the long-term approach and say, okay, now let's revert back to this, the process where we can develop people over the longer term. Right. So that's the first thing I try to understand with the business is, look, if they tell me – if, if if I go into an organization and they say, and I ask, well, how long has this condition existed? Oh, it's been that way for, I don't know, a long time, maybe a year. I figure, well, it's not a crisis because if you've survived a year, it can't be a crisis. Right? Therefore, if it takes us three months to get where you're trying to get, is that a reasonable expectation? So I try to clarify that with the leadership 
and say, look, you tell me how fast you think you need to be there, and I'll tell you a strategy how we can get there. Mm. But I'm not going to give you the answer to get there. You're going to figure out the answer. Right? There's tools. I can teach you tools. I can teach you techniques. I can teach you how to analyze it. I can teach you how to think about it. Um, but the ultimate answer, you know, unless unless it's truly a crisis, which is actually fairly rare, um, you know, it's more important for you guys to learn how to do that. But that is one of the key things, Mark, is, is, the, is at Toyota we used to just say, how much by when? How much do you need? When do you need it? Let's clarify that first, okay? Because I don't want you to come back later and say, oh, gee, this is really taking a long time. Because we clarify the timeline up front. You tell me when you need to be there. You tell me when you need that thing to be at that level. And then I'm going to show you an approach to get there. Right? And, and we've got different strategies. There's a short-term strategy, Kaizen event. We can hit it hard. We can hit it fast. We can get something done. The downside is little learning occurs, and, um, you know, it's hard to, to do certain things in a short period of time. Yeah. So there's different approaches, and I think that's the thing I learned from Toyota is there's not one single way that fits all scenarios. Hmm. So if people want to jump to solutions, they often also want that ready-made solution. <laughs> that's human nature. Uh, you know, a little bit as well sometimes. It is, and I, you know, I struggled with it at Toyota because um, what I didn't understand as I was learning is, you know, we go through we go through our educational system, and I think everywhere on the planet's the same in that in that there's questions and there's answers, and there's right answers and wrong answers, and right answers get you a good grade, and wrong answers you fail, and you know. As I was faced with these challenges at Toyota, I thought there was a right answer. And it took me the longest time to understand that in reality, with the choices we face, that's exactly what we have. We have choices. We don't have necessarily, you know, there's no perfect solution. There's no ultimate answer. The, the law, I'm going to call it, of Kaizen implies that something can always be made better regardless of how good it is. Mm-hmm. You never achieve a state of perfection. Therefore, it can always be better. So there really isn't this ultimate solution. Uh, it's more of the, more of the question: you know, What is it we're trying to achieve, and when do we need to achieve it? And let's focus on closing that gap versus come up with the ultimate, you know, answer. Yeah. So that, but that's the way we're educated, right? We're educated mm -hmm. that there's a right and a wrong, and I really search for the right answer over and over and over again. And then the, you know, the Japanese guys would come back, back and ask a lot of questions, which made me feel like I was doing it wrong. And it took me 20 years to realize that what they were doing was trying to understand my thought process. And the only way to do that was ask questions about what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. You know, they, they would tell us that the result the result you got wasn't necessarily an indication that you had an effective process because you might get lucky, right? So they wanted to know, did you have a thought process and did you follow a process and did that process produce 
a desirable result. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing for the last decade or so. So, yes, David has been up to uh, a lot in recent years. He's still uh, consulting. He um, bought an old distillery. He bought the Old Crow Distillery. Um, he's uh, reopened that. He's uh, ramping it up. He's producing uh, bourbon and other products. It's called Glen's Creek Distilling. If you want to learn more, if you can't wait for the future episodes when we'll um, talk about what uh, hopefully for some of you is a shared um, overlap in uh, interest of, of lean and continuous improvement and bourbon, you can go to glenscreekdistillery.com and I hope you look forward to those upcoming episodes. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can learn more by going to leancast.org. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.